Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Ruse Radio. We are back again with a very special guest. Special guest. Please introduce yourself. My name is Tay Crick. What up, Tay Crick? Well, now, if somebody's just tuning into this, they've never met you before. How would you describe your art to them, what you do? <coughs> how would you put that? Um, well, I would say that I like to paint rabbits. I like to paint, I don't know. I don't really know how to put it, honestly. It's just whatever comes with it. It's kind of like, uh, we were sitting here talking about like, how life is a freestyle. It's kind of like when it comes to art, I just kind of freestyle it, whatever's on my mind at the moment. Or uh, if I want to, I guess, like have some sort of message behind it, you know, yeah. freestyle. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that beforehand. And uh, me and Jackman Raps have had some good stuff on the podcast. I told you about how I heard him say that a long time ago. That like life is a freestyle and how I kind of like to look at it that way. So you've been freestyling essentially. That's what you're doing is freestyling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like to freestyle. Some, sometimes uh, my art has like more direction and focus on it. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I just want to paint some shit, you know, or, you know, like throw some music down. Uh, sometimes it's, I feel like it's very clear when it's a, focused you know when i mean it i feel like or i would assume yeah yeah i mean so how much of what you write then would be you going in with an intent and trying to make this thing that you you've crafted it out you know what it is and how much of it would be the freestyle aspect where you're just kind of throwing shit at the wall because not not saying that's bad most of what i do is throwing shit at the wall so is that what you're doing? Is just throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks? Or are you kind of going in with like, all right, this is what I'm going to write today. This is what I'm going to do. Or um, this is what I'm going to paint today. I guess it's like, it's really like dependent on, it's dependent on uh, like where I'm at yeah. in life at the moment. Or I guess if it's something that's like linked to like deep morals, deep values, then it's, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I'll just be talking shit, man. I don't know. I need to get better at that. That's my problem is I'm, I, while I say I'm always throwing shit at the wall, I'm also trying to do something too much. Like someone gave me great advice recently. They said I have to dumb it down essentially. And they were saying it in a respectful way, but they just said like, you, what you're doing is great. And I love what you're doing, but you just need to make it a little bit simpler for the people. And it's yeah. hard to do that. It's hard to do that because I'm always going in with too much intent. I'm like, today it's got to be, I got to think of all this. I can't just talk shit. I can't just write stupid shit. And it drives me nuts. I'd rather would. When I'm freestyling, I can do stupid shit. When I'm actually just rapping and I'm having fun. But it's hard to write a comedy rap down. <laughs> it's right. different. So I don't know. I struggle with. With, with just letting loose in the songwriting process. Maybe it's because I don't play any instruments or paint or anything like this. I don't do anything abstract beyond writing songs. Maybe that's what it is. Who knows? I mean, what do you do other than... I, I don't know all of your artistic endeavors. Like, what are all the things you do artistically? Um, well, I like to write. 
I like to make music. As in, like, I have a book. You're writing a book? No, I have a book, and I'm writing a book. Okay. Tell me more. But the writing process for me right now is kind of, I don't know, it kind of comes and goes. But when it comes, it comes in, like, it seems like a pretty decent-sized wave coming in, and I'm, like, excited about it. And then it just, like... It's a little plateau for a little bit. Yeah. And then it comes back. Well, I heard, um, I don't remember which writer it was, but I heard an author say, and it was a well-credited author, and he was saying how when you start writing a book, you're only excited about it for the first hour or so. I think it was the guy who wrote The War of Art. I can't recall his name off the art top of my head. No, no, The War of Art. So Art of War is The Sun War Tzu. of Art? The War of Art's like a flip oh, on that. Shit. Yeah, it's a great book. And he was on Joe Rogan's podcast a while ago. I, I think it's Stephen Pressfield. That's his name. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he talks about a lot about resistance and all of that and facing resistance. And so when you're writing, that's a big thing. I mean, that's what he connects it to as an author. And it's like you sit down and you're only excited for the first hour. Of course. Because then once you're writing that book and you've spent that first hour and now, oh, shit, I'm actually yeah. going to have to write this whole book. <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. I've never written a book before, but I have to imagine. Like, the longest thing I've written is probably a two-page story, maybe. A book is like, we're talking hundreds regularly. What's your book about? Well, it's about this guy named Kane. And the book starts off with him at this, like, kind of, like, secluded cabin. It's really just him and his dog. And throughout the book, you know, like, here and there, there's kind of, like, here's, like, voices coming from the trees. No, that's not true. That's actually me. But uh, he gets this feeling like he's being watched from, like, uh, everything around him, like, you know, like, from the trees, just, like, here and there throughout the book. Like, I wanted to, like, make him feel watched. So it's a fiction book. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was going to be nonfiction. Okay. Right. All right. I like this. This is fun. And I guess you can't go any further because you don't want to spoil the story, right? Do you have the ending planned out? I could. Yeah, you could, but then are they going to go read the book? That's the problem. It's, I'm really not if, I, that worried about it, honestly. Right, I want to hear more. If you're willing to spoil the book, I want to hear more. We're spoiling the fucking book, Let's man. go. Let's go. All right. Ruse Radio exclusive. All right. <laughs> so, in this book I wrote, Kane, he's secluded in this cabin, and he's thinking about ending his life. And he's got this gun, right? And it's against his head. And kind of, it's kind of like his dog is out there, like, kind of like, like, I know something's wrong with Kane, right? Like, he's out in this field outside this secluded cabin, and he's like, the dog pleads with Kane, and the dog's name's Dog. So the dog's name's Dog. It pleads like with that. Kane to, like, you know, like, I think I wrote something in the book, like, if she could have said something, like, you know, like, she would, like, stomp her paws, say something like, ah, what the fuck? I don't even know. I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm sorry. But 
says something along the lines like, you know, like, he, he, the dog communicates to Kane that, it, like, you know, like, no, actually, no, Kane was like, he's about, like, shoot himself and whatnot. And then he gets this feeling like he's being watched, like, from the surrounding trees. Okay. <clears throat> Puts it down. And then, fuck, man. No, I like I this. I want to say, like, chapter two. <laughs> this is the first <laughs> chapter? <laughs> this is how it starts? I thought we were talking the ending. This is how the book starts? Yeah, that's how it starts. Holy moly. All right, all right, all right. So, okay, I had a false impression. I thought that we were leading up to this. Like, Kane's got this whole shit, all this shit he's been through, and then now he winds up here and he's about to kill himself, and that's the end right. of the book. You're talking, we're <coughs> starting kind of, at 100. We're just going right there. Yeah, it's kind of like starting at this moment. And um, so after that, he goes in with his dog, and they kind of, like, sell in for a night. And it kind of goes... Not chronological, not reverse chronological, just kind of like back and forth between time, between, the, it starts with that moment, at least the book does, it starts with that moment, and then the next chapter kind of goes back in time and like looks at his past. Okay, okay. It starts getting into that. That makes sense. So it's like a... Uh... I guess a lot of good books do that. Stephen King books do that a lot. I don't know a lot of authors, but I know they do it a lot. Quentin Tarantino does that in his movies. It's a whole lot of that. Right. It's a cool way to tell a story. Because, I mean, if you start there, and then now the question becomes... It's, it's interesting because you flip it. Like, when you're watching something, when you're interpreting something, you're like, okay, so we're all leading from here to somewhere else. But when you see the ending right. first, now it's like, how do we get there? Right. I think uh, Better Call Saul that came off of Breaking Bad. Did you watch that show or no? Did you see either? Mm -hmm. Oh, great shows. But it was one of the only prequel shows that's done well just because they demonstrated you can do that. And some, I think there's some movies, some good prequels out there. Star Wars, some people don't like them. Some people like them. If you're familiar with those. You know any good prequels? Any good prequel prequels? movies? Shit. I'm trying to think. Gotta be some. Mm. Even good sequels. Even good sequels, it's hard to find those. But prequels is right. even more rare. That's, that's the crazy part. You never really see an amazing prequel. They just don't exist. Oh, oh. No, that was a sequel. But that, uh, I was going to say the new Blade Runner was pretty good. Blade Runner 2049 is pretty dope. I haven't seen it. Dope. Dope movie. I, I, well, you know the same director? He made Dune. This movie called Dune. I want to see that shit so bad. Dune? It came out last year, 2022, if I'm correct. And the part two is coming out this year. I think it's one of those weird-ass movies, you know, like when you go to a movie and it makes you feel like you're on uh, a psychedelic. Those are my yeah. favorite kinds of movies. A movie where I go and it feels like I should have taken something before I saw it. <laughs> I love those movies. No, but real shit. Have you ever, um, you ever watch a, like a trippy movie by you on some trippy shit? Yeah. Like super trippy movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's kind of like... Yeah, that's kind of like where I drew some inspiration from my book. Yeah. was like watching trippy movies while I was tripping on shit. Dude, I will say in my incubus phase, phase, in my incubus phase, where I was locked inside of a little square box, 
just tripping day in and day out, I was watching a whole lot of trippy movies. So I developed a lot of film knowledge within that little shell of a life I had at one point in time. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the movie, uh, I think it's Hodorowski's his last name. Have you ever seen any of his films? You said Hodorowski? Hodorowski, yeah. Oh, what's he doing? He, uh, he was going to make the original Dune, and there's like a documentary out now about it. came out, I think, in the, right after the 2010s. But it never actually came out, and he just made super trippy movies. That was his whole thing. I wish I could remember the name of uh, it's beyond the. I want to say beyond the rainbow, but I know I'm wrong. It's, that's definitely wrong. Um, but his biggest movie is if you just looked up his name, Hodorowski, J O D O R O Ski W S K Y. Yes, that name. If you look that up, you'll find him, and you'll find this dang movie that's freaking amazing. And it like it changed my whole perspective on what movies could be. But he also has some other films I have not seen. I think El, El Toro, El Topo, El Topo is the other one I haven't seen. It's a cowboy movie, and just some of the stuff he does is really, really, really strange. Like so strange. Like I said, like whoa, I should be tripping right now. So I yeah, I will never forget his biggest movie. Uh, uh, the the Holy Mountain. Boom! I came to oh, it. Shit. It finally clicked in my brain throughout the entire right. monologue. That movie's the shit. That movie's in my top five, hundred percent. I've never seen it. Like it's revolutionary. But I've heard about it, and I've heard uh, kind of like gone some like I don't know, man. I, what the fuck even is that shit? It's kind of like. Isn't it where it like the film kind of like unfolds itself in a way, right? That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I would say that because it's not even really a movie movie. It's something else almost. Like it expands upon the art form that is movies in a really weird way. So you have to kind of watch it with a different perspective than you would go into any other film. Right. Yeah. Like it's weird. (laughs) And there's some segments in there where it's like oh, they did not like that's not they didn't have to be there. <laughs> like, it's not like a plot where every single element is necessary and this and that. It's just a really trippy type of film, but done in the best way. Like it shows you what that can be. Uh, there's another movie that's one of my favorite films ever called Synecdoche, New York, and the writer for that film, the writer and director, is one of my favorites. Ever. Like, he's so good when it comes to having these crazy, expansive plots that are just, like, mind-bending. If you've ever seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was written by him, too. And that movie, like, the whole concept of that film and forgetting somebody and going to a place and having them put a machine on you and being able to make it so you forgot this girl that you just met. Like, that that came out of that dude's brain. Like, he just came up with that what? in his imagination. And it's a kick-ass movie. And um, I think it's Charlie something. I'm just not remembering his last name, but great. Charlie Kaufman? Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, that dude blows my mind. Synecdoche, New York. That's a movie about life, dog. And it's hard to even describe it. Like, when you ask me about the Holy Mountain, it's similar to that. When you ask what the movie's about, it's hard to even tell you because it's not like I can tell yeah, you it's all these of... two people fall in love. and <laughs> Man, it's fucking nutty. It's just nutty. Yeah. It's just fucking nutty. Dude, it's kind of like, okay, so with that book I wrote, like, that shit is just like, man, when I was writing that shit, I think I probably wrote it within a month and then I edited it within maybe like 
I was kind of like going back and forth, not only with like, I don't know, like timelines and the actual story itself, but like in my own life, I was kind of going back and forth between doing the editing, doing uh, the writing. Like I would go through like a writing stage for a minute and then like later on in the day, I might take some breaks and then like later on, like start on editing for that or revising that or both. Okay. So how did you manage your time at that point in time? Were you like segmenting it out or was it just kind of all happening at once? Like, did you say, all right, today I'm editing, today I'm writing, today I'm. Um, it was kind of like, it just kind of like came as I was feeling it. Like I was kind of like trying to focus on the writing, but it was like, man, it's so hard. Yeah. It's like, to stay in that creative spot, right? Right. Just to keep writing. I feel like I could write a fiction book. Because now that... Now, I, You know, it's so funny. I just expected you to say you were writing a nonfiction book. I feel like I could probably let my creative thing go and just write a fiction book. It's, it'd be fun. One thing why I used, not? Yeah, why not? One thing I used to do with friends is I would try to get them to do it with me. I would say, like, I'm going to say a sentence, and then you're going to say the next sentence, and we're going to make a whole story based on, like, what the next person says. You can even do it with words. So, yeah. like, I went to the store and and you can just keep going like we were talking before about improv it's even a fun improv exercise to just do shit like that so you want to do it yeah dude we could do it right now we could do it right now so we're doing words or sentences well we're just going to go off the head off off the top we're just going to go off the top so are we doing words or sentences though so one word at a time or one sentence at a time um i'll let you pick what about one sentence all right so we'll each do a sentence so i i guess i'll let you start you can do the first sentence of the story you get to you get to pick where we're starting off. I was at the supermarket the other day. There was an old woman approaching me. She approached me very quickly. She looked constipated. I could smell it on her, but I didn't want to be rude by mentioning it. She screamed at me. I made an oopsie. I said to her, I'm glad you took that poopsie because I heard you were constipated. She says, where did you hear that, young fine gentleman? I tried to tell her that I had been recently going to a hearing doctor. Just then, she says, watch this. I can poop from my ears. Oh, fuck, is what I shouted at that. But before I could even finish the sentence, poop was spraying out of her lobes. (laughs) R.I.P. Winn-Dixie. The end. That's pretty good, man. That's a pretty good story we just put together. What do you think? I feel like I feel it like it had something. a whole arc. Like it went somewhere. Point A, woman's approaching us. Point B, constipated. Point C, crazy, crazy climax. She pooped from her ears. The end. We what? had a whole story we just told. That that came from our collaboration. Hell All right, yeah. so I'm gonna start a new one. I'm gonna start a new one. I'm gonna go out there, okay? Okay. 
Andy the gorilla was the first gorilla to ever be in space. He was an honorable gorilla, a space gorilla. His auntie, Sheridan, is his only surviving relative going to space next month. A part of her is fearful, and another part of her feels confident to pursue such a courageous thing. Period. <laughs> Sadly, she is worried because it is true that her son or her nephew, Monkey, her nephew, Monkey, Andrew, I think, blew up inside of a rocket ship when he hit Mars. This is disheartening. She said, I don't know how far. Elon Musk <laughs> then said back, you will be fine. What? <laughs> is that the monkey? The monkey says what? <laughs> All right, so basically, I want to recap for everybody who they might be lost in the story. This is what's happening right now. Elon Musk is talking to the space monkey he's about to send into space. The last space, sorry, space gorilla. The last space gorilla, her nephew, I believe I said it was Andrew, he passed away when the, when the rocket ship hit Mars. So the new space monkey, his auntie, who I don't think we gave a name yet, she's about to go to Mars, and Elon Musk is comforting her. All right, so... Um, say. Just then, President Joe Biden walks into the room. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wait, <laughs> what? your sentence. Just whoa. <laughs> I thought that was I the whole sentence. <laughs> oh, that was the whole sentence? It could have been. That no, no, you can keep sense. going. Keep going. I just, I just laughed because I thought that was all you were going to say. <laughs> no. Um... The president had walked into the room. Fuck, you just said that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a twist. When the president had walked in, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he twisted his ankle at the doorway. He had hit a sandbag that was placed on the floor. What the fuck is this, is what he said while he went to go reach for the sandbag that he had on the floor. Just then, the space gorilla started to have a very, very great outburst of anger. <laughs> said the angry gorilla as he slammed his fist on the floor and started to... Let's go back and revise. <laughs> <laughs> Editing time. You know what I mean? I like where <laughs> the story's going, dude. This Man. is pretty good. No, but... Uh, all right, let's keep going. All right, all right. No, with, well, how uh, far are we going back? How far back do you want to go? Cause, no, so check it out. Okay. With that book. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so the main thing in my head getting started with the book, like... Okay, how are we going, like, point A, point B, this shit? Because I was like, man, I was on, like, social media talking about it, man. Like, huh, I got this idea for this book where this dude fucks his dog at the end. And then people are like, it started off like that, right? But then I was like, fuck, it needs some depth 
And then I was like, but fuck, it needs some. I was like, fuck, I'm writing a book where a dude fucks his dog at the end. You know what I mean? Bro, that is a wild. But I was like, I can't just leave it at that. There's got to be something. Well, well, let me just say, if you were trying to just sell it in like five or ten words, you got it. <laughs> That's it. Like, if you were to tell somebody, this is what my book's it's about. It's halfway sad, <laughs> yeah. but it's halfway like, eh, like, I don't know. It's almost just, a comedy, right? It's probably be halfway comedy, halfway drama. It's something like Somewhere that. in the middle. Like, the whole idea of it. Because, I mean, when you read it, of course, you're... How I would interpret a story like that is that it's about human nature and about the darkness of the human mind more so than it is about the fact that the guy fucked his dog. Dude, it was like, I was like, dude, I was on all these like writing pages and shit. And I was like, oh, so I want to write this book. And I was dead serious about the writing in a sense. And then there was also like, a part of me that that was like like I was definitely like committed to finishing the book like and I was on there talking about like so I want to write this book where this dude fucks his dog at the end and the original idea had started off as like like the working title at the time was like the protagonist fucks his dog at the end so at the beginning of writing I was kind of like coming from that point to just like I'm probably going to go to hell for writing this bullshit. Have you ever heard of the story John dies at the end? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, that's what me what it made me think of like after people had pointed it out. I wasn't really like I never seen that movie before. Me neither. I just know about it. I'd like heard some things, but uh Well, I mean, it's just a funny way to start to it's like we said it's a fun way to start a story right yeah because you know you know the ending so now we're going in knowing this from the start right. yeah i mean that's wild man that's wild just because it's a great hook i actually i support it as a as a, a love dude this is how i look at art okay if your art is making an impact then it is doing what it needs to do. One of my favorite artists is Andy Kaufman. He's one of my favorite inspirations. If you've ever heard of him, he's fantastic. If you haven't, mm. look him up. He is fantastic, fantastic, like one of the best. And his whole thing is that he would—he was the first person to go on stage and like piss people off. And he had these characters, and it was—you knew it was him. But he would legitimately just play on the way that people looked at shit. He was like the first troll ever. And he yeah. showed, it was like, it was kind of like how a heel is in wrestling where they go out and they're meant to be the bad guy. He would do that, but with real crowds of people. And just the way that he did it was so genius because you could do that and fuck it up easily. But he was, he rode that line amazingly. And so with that being said, I look at art like that. If you're going to go out there and write that story that's so wild, like you're going right there. This guy fucks his dog. Then commit to that and go 100% on that. Don't ha- go halfway in like, should I really do this story about a guy fucking his dog? Nah, dog. You are going to be the guy that writes the story because no one else will do it. You know, like that's and people will react. And that's the right. art of it. That's the true thing is the fact that they're even upset that you wrote that story shows that they have some type of thing within them that makes them feel some type of way when they read but. that. Like, bro, if you really like, of course, that's wrong. 
let it be. The world sucks. You have to know that and not let it piss you off. Like, shit, right. people are fucking crazy, and it's just human nature, and it's out there, and you have to know about it. But people get pissed. They're like, you can't write that. You can't put that down. But it was so fucking crazy, man, because it was like I was on these writing groups. I was on these writing groups, and um, I was like, so this is my idea, and this is the direction it's going. And at one point, I got, like, kicked out of a writing group. Or I got kicked out of a lot of writing groups, but I got kicked out of this one particular group for sure where this woman had went as far as, like, sending me a message. It wasn't just, like, you know, like, you're not on the group no more. It was, like, she sent me a message saying that she had, um, she was, like, I'm sorry, but because of, you know, we don't fuck with people fucking dogs. And I was like, <laughs> but I'm not. That's I'm not, not what I am. I don't fuck dogs. Yeah. So I feel like there's definitely, and I've had like that happen quite a bit. Like, it's like even the association to a fictional book, like where it stems from, from me, is like a place from where when I was younger, like, I always told my friends, like, if I ever write a book, I'm going to write a book where a guy fucks his dog. It was a joke. And then, but then once I began writing it, I was like, uh, I always said that, committed to it. But then also overlapped by, like, I was sitting there, like, talking to an English major. It was, like, good friend of mine. He actually has a YouTube channel, too. And he was, um, he was like, I was getting advice from him because when I wrote it, it was during the pandemic. And I was like, so when I watch this movie or when I read this book and there's like, you know, talking about like, I was like explaining to him kind of like synchronicities or like things that kind of like help connect things. I was like, how would I do that in a book? He was like, don't try to connect it. If you're going that route, like, don't try to connect it. Things will connect themselves in a way. Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of the best storytellers, I find, don't plan things out 100% before they go in. The best example I can think of is, like I said before, Breaking Bad. I mean, the way that show is written, it's, it's known as one of the best shows when it comes to writing of all time. Like it's just critically acclaimed for that reason. Right. And um, you can just see when you watch it. It's as if they thought about it from the start. The way the whole story plays out, it all just makes sense. But when you hear the writers talk about it, because they're open, you can watch interviews upon interviews. They have a whole podcast that they did for almost every episode of each show, the first one and the prequel, Better Call Saul. Right. So it's super cool because you can see their process and how they came up with this shit. And it's all winging it. It's all freestyling. They had no clue what they were going to do with Walter White in season two or three or four. Right. They just figured out what was working along the way. Right. And that's what a lot of the creative process should be, is not yeah. knowing what it's going to be at first and then rolling with it and letting it become itself. It's fucking beautiful, man. But it's hard to do. It's hard to actually do that. It's hard to not let the art be, because that's kind of what I was getting at before about my writing process. I'm almost too guided, I've noticed. I get a little bit too into, like, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. And I've noticed if I let loose a little bit, that's where my best stuff comes from, is me just... For real, yeah. just like... 
That's where that rawness comes from, man. Yeah, 100%. And that rawness is what people connect with. Like, that's what they feel because they want that. They right. want rawness in their life. There ain't enough of that going around, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like my favorite album of all time is Violent Femmes. They're self-titled or, you know, untitled album, like Violent Femmes. I haven't heard of it. And it's like, I love it because, like, I don't know. You can tell, like, they had recorded that, like, while they were still in this energy of, like, everything in it is kind of, like, angsty and whatnot and just, like, kind of, like, you can tell they were harboring something and had to let it out type A shit. A lot of punk music gets people for that reason. That yeah. angst and the punk music. It's hard to find that in a lot of other genres. Like punk and then um, you wouldn't call Nirvana what they were doing punk, would you? Maybe. I would call them, I don't even know, man. They were a little, they had like different stages and shit. Yeah. Like they went from like, it sound like more like, I don't even know, man. They grunge? got a little more. Maybe grunge would be the yeah, word. Yeah, but I feel like they were, like, pushing towards, like, a certain type of metal before they had gotten into more of a grungy. It was grungy. Yeah, but was, but just the angst in that. I mean, yeah, people want to feel that, I think, 100%. I think when people look at art, they're looking to identify with something. I mean, they, they're, that's why I think the best art is the shit that just sticks out. That's why... Also, I say, too, if you have people that are hating on your shit, just know that that means you're doing something worthy. Like, unless you're physically hurting someone, then just know like, you are inspiring thought out there somewhere. I mean, I would never want people to be hateful, but I do think that, like, the best art is art that incites people to get upset. Like, you, you, the best art is shit that, like, makes people upset on accident. Like, even in the sense that I make a song and people are like, this sucks. Like, just the fact that they feel the need to hate on it is, is showing me that I'm doing something right. Because if they really thought this sucked, they wouldn't even be commenting on that shit. They would just scroll right past it. Like, right. the, when you get hate, that is somebody confirming that they at least gave you enough attention <laughs> to warrant it, you know? Like, Dude. that matters. Your, the reaction you get matters. So I, I always say that. So when you get banned from those chat words, I'd just be like... These motherfuckers, like, they're just confirming my shit's going to change shit. <laughs> my story's going to change it. Because when that story comes out, when it's the critically acclaimed story, you know it's going to be. When everybody's like, holy shit, did you read that book about the guy fucking his dog? <laughs> when they're teaching it in schools in 2050. Fuck no. <laughs> shit. Well, I guess. Change the world, man. It's kind of like, I don't know. Like that lady, she always got to me, man. The lady in the um, writing group. Because I was sitting there describing how the main character in the book had, like, children locked up in his shit. And, like, all this other shit. And, like, just, like, out of everything because he fucked his dog, which is bad. It's really, like, but it's kind of, I don't know, man. Like, he's got, like, children locked up in his shit. He's doing all these different drugs. Like, all this shit. Like, and out of everything, like, the reasoning for, or like, I didn't ask for an explanation, but the lady was like, because he fucks his dog at the end. Which I agree, you should not fuck your dog. But, what, like, I was in there, like, 
I think around that time, like, the Jeffrey Epstein child, you know, like, it's like, yeah, animals rule, but it's like, this, I don't know, man. Well, I wanted it to just say. just didn't right with me. Well, is, is, um, there's this thing that goes around now where I feel like people are so into this guilty by association mindset where it's like, say, Kanye, for example. Kanye's yeah. dope. His music's always going to be dope. Kanye's always going to be an amazing artist. I don't give a fuck what the motherfucker says. I'm always going to like his songs. You can't tell me otherwise. So right. if I say I like Kanye's songs in public and then some motherfucker looks at me like I'm a Nazi now because they think Kanye's a Nazi, they're crazy because they're, they're marking me as guilty by associating myself with Kanye's art. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, the fact that people even look at things that way is what's wrong. Like, just because somebody likes something doesn't mean they are that. You have friends that disagree with you. Or you have friends that you hang out with, and you're like, man, that motherfucker just said some crazy shit I would never say. But right. you're not going to stop being friends with that guy because you love them as a person, and you see beyond their flaws. And right. we're all flawed. And so that just drives me nuts, the whole thing where it's like, you can't only like people if they do X, Y, and Z. You can't like shit unless it follows these rules it drives me nuts and that's the thing about your story it's like why does the story have to not mention something like this why am i why are you acting like i'm that guy just because i wrote a story about this and how's anybody ever going to talk about anything like this if that's how you're going to react every time somebody tries to write a story about somebody fucking their dog shit dude that actually happens it's the thing that happens in the real world that's the other part of it it's like they're they're blocking themselves off from something that actually exists there, there are people out there. Don't forget how big the world is. There's some dude out there right now who's looking at his dog and licking his lips. He exists. So when it comes down it to it, man, up. it's fucked up, but it's the, the, law of the, it's the law of the universe kind of. I mean, like, it's what, 8 million of, people? Like, if you think of one person doing one thing, they're probably doing it somewhere right now. <laughs> it's fucked up. It's a real rule. But go ahead. It's kind of it's what? It's something I've actually, like, grown way aware of is like it, it's something I've like really grown aware of is that like I was like writing from this like tongue cheek like almost like going into it tongue in cheek type shit but focusing on finishing the project but it's really like brought to my attention that like they're Man, like, so it's not as com- it's, comical it, as you thought it, might it might be, been. right? Like, because at first exactly. you were thinking it's gonna be tongue in cheek, it's gonna be a funny kind of type of story, and then right. now the further you go in, it's like, I'm like, oh. man, <laughs> yeah, fuck, leave the bad taste <laughs> in your mouth all of a sudden, <laughs> right? Yeah, that is tough because the first 10 pages, it's like, okay, this is gonna be fun, but now once it's, it's a like, 50 page uh, story. <laughs> Man, it gets Pretty dark ending. Crazy. Like, imagine if a movie ended like that, and like you, you could though. That's the thing. And if everybody left the theater, they would. The, what they would all say is, "Yo, bro, did you see that movie where the guy fucked his dog at the end?" And they'd be like, "Yo, right. that's the craziest movie Tarantino ever made." Like, you know, if Tarantino made that, people would lose their minds. <laughs> so. Man. You can do it, man. You can you can make this work. There's a way. There's a way yeah, to tie yeah. it in. I think what you're struggling with is you have to find a way to pull together these threads that you set for yourself in a way that magically makes it all make sense, right? Because right. you're in the middle now. You've done the beginning, you're in the middle, and you know the end. And the middle is actually the end, right? Because you already did the end at the beginning, if I'm correct. 
<laughs> Does that make sense? Something like that. <laughs> it starts with the ending. Well, I wouldn't say that. I thought it, you said it, it started with like, him gonna sh- he's going to shoot himself. Well, it kind of goes on from there. That's just kind of like... Oh, it switches I, back and forth between two timelines. Right. Okay. And I consider at that point, if you were looking at like a storyboard that was just one straight line, it would be like... And you switched little, like, diced it up into little blocks and then switched it around. Kind of like on the Dawes, how it'll have, like, snare. And it'll be, like, say, like, eight bars or whatever. Eight. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And then you're, it was, like, maybe the snare would be, like, And then you just like took them, switched them around, like, like with the storyline, like it would start like at a pivotal point in the whole okay. story. Ooh, sorry about that, man. It would start at like kind of like a pivotal point in the entirety of the story, right? And then. No, I get what you're saying. Like, and, and and the good, if the best way to do that is to have it. Um, the juxtaposition has to work. Like, there's yeah. some movies that have done that where it's cool. They'll even do shit like jump cuts between the two different timelines. So it's like first he's standing here, and then right. it cuts back to him standing in the same spot like two weeks before, right. and you can just feel the difference in the shot. Even like if you make the story follow those time switches, it's even better. Yeah. Like, you know, say he's doing drugs and he's doing some crazy shit, and then two weeks before, he sees the drugs and he decides not to do them. Like, just in the next chapter that you read right after he was doing right. the drugs, you see that two weeks before he was saying no. And it's that that story tells itself. Right. But it's like you have to connect the dots in your brain, and that's what's cool about it is, like, you're, yeah. you're, you're learning it in reverse. So you can tell stories in cool ways when you do that, for sure. I just thought it was going to, um, the reason I even brought up the timeline thing is I thought it was going to end with the beginning, or, or end with the middle, I mean, because you're writing the middle at the moment. So I wonder then where we're going. I wonder where it's all headed because, yeah, we're, we're still moving forward with the story, of course. So we know where it's ending. So where, where are you at exactly in the story then, in your writing process right now? Like what is the character going through where you're at right now? Maybe I can help you storyboard. Um, are you talking about with me? Yeah, because we're still in the middle of the story, right? You didn't finish writing it yet. Are you talking about me or the fictional character? Fictional character. I mean, well, when I say where are you at, what I mean is, like, where are you at in the story? Like, where are you, What at what point are we at in the story? Like, with the last thing you wrote down, what's the character doing, thinking, feeling? Like, where is he at in the series of events that happen in the book? Do you know? But are you talking about me or the I character? I'm talking about the character, I think. Oh. Or you. I don't know. Like, just where's the story at? Like, where are we leaving off? If, if somebody watched the last episode of your story, how would you describe it? If somebody watched the last episode of my story? Where, what I'm talking about is the book. Oh, you're talking yes. about the book. I see, I see. So that's I'm what's sorry. confusing. I'm talking about where in the book, because I'm trying to help you... Think of the next thing we can do with the book is what I'm saying. Like, Oh, the book's finished. Oh, it's finished. Yes, yeah, finished. I thought this whole time that you were in the middle. So you're done writing it. You're just yeah, waiting to finished. put it out? Is no, it published? It's, it's been out. It oh. got published. It's kind of like self-published on, was, was it direct printing? Like on demand, anytime you were a book. I don't know. I don't know anything about how you publish books. You'd have to tell Amazon me. Amazon KDP. 
So people could look it up right now and find it, is what you're saying? Yeah. Like, if you sent me a link on Facebook, I can throw it There's in the description a couple of copies, this video. Like, floating around Flint. But, but I'm saying, if people watch this, we can put it in the description. Like, they can find your story. Because I could yeah. put a link right down there or something. So you heard it here first, folks. Go check out the story right now. We've been talking about it. I had no idea it was out. All right. I thought, Man, yeah. it's a fucked up book. Like, <laughs> there have been a lot of times since that book's been published where I've been like, I really, like, I really might go to hell for this. Okay. I thought. For real, though. Uh, I don't know, man. I wouldn't look at it that way. I mean, I would think about it the way I've been describing it this whole time. is art is art is art is art. You made art that had a purpose. It served its purpose and just move on. I kind of feel like it really was a purpose. But what it, the way it's, like, gifted me that whole, like, the whole fucking putting out a book and shit. The way that putting out a fucked up book with people knowing some of the fuckiness in it. <laughs> it's kind of like it's really like brought some like true horror mm. into my own life where it's I like see. yo like bad juju why are people saying certain things nothing's a coincidence you know it's like mm, some true fucking horror dude or at least a better understanding on like some true terror shit Okay, when you put it that way, it sounds creepy as fuck. I feel like no, I get you. thing was like X Files minds are going to be like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> like this motherfucker sound like a serial killer. I see what you're saying though, because okay, I mean, I look at life this way. This is why I'm always positive. This is why I have uh, an open mind. Uh, how I look at it is an open mind opens minds. What you are is what you attract, right? If we're gonna maybe karma's not real. But in the sense that the way you act is the way people see you. So if you're acting like that paranoid-ass dude that's looking around his shoulder all the time, yeah, people, people are going to treat you like it. that dude. They react to that, yeah. So in that sense, when you're that dude that writes that story, yeah, I totally feel you. Because then people react that way, and it just the universe confirms itself. And you almost don't even want to play that right. role. It's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. You I were just doing something that you thought about as a kid. <laughs> I see. I didn't think about fucking a dog. And they took it all the wrong way. Yeah, that's tough. You know what? I had a great conversation with Jemmy Hazeman on the podcast. And one thing I came to in that conversation that I love, I'm going to stick with this one, is that the best life lived is a life where intuition is in harmony with the universe, right? So your intuition in that moment was not in harmony with the universe. And that's why that went wrong. Because yeah. your, your intuition told you, I got to finish this story. I'm going to put it out. This is what I got to do. And then afterwards, the way it played out was not what you had envisioned. And it's because the universe was said, nah, nah, nah. That's not how we're feeling. <laughs> right. Like, Sucks nah, in the I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like you on your own. I'm like, what? You're the universe. I'm supposed to be in you. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I want to read the story. <laughs> I want to read this shit. Dude, it is fucking. It's fucked. It's like, man, that whole book is a mess, but like, I don't know, man. That's, that whole thing's a mess. I mean, look, the creative process is a beautiful thing. And I think that one thing a lot of people fail to realize is that the creative process involves failure. You have to fail in order to succeed. So when you're writing a song, not every song's going to be your best song. When you're writing a story, not every story's going to be your best story. 
And that's why I just think it's like a good thing to have a story that you might even not like because then you can look at that and go, well, how could I do that better? Like, what, if I were to write that same story, yeah, how would I do that story today? Like, if you were to go and do it the same way right now, how would you frame it? How would you change it? Man. I don't know if you could still keep the ending. I think it might have to. <laughs> I kind of, man. Might have to do something. It's kind of like, dude, there's this screenplay, like, years like been obsessed with it that I've been writing and shit. It's kind of like, but it comes and goes once again. But I always like complete it. It's a screenplay that like lost, like it got stolen from my house, and like it was on laptop, like multiple versions of it. And when I lost it, that shit just like I was like, ah, and I was like, but now I just gotta rewrite it again, and I've. I haven't really picked back up on that yet. Actually, when I started writing, um, I'll probably go to hell for this. It was actually supposed to be that screenplay projected into a book. Because I was like, man, for some reason, I just have to tell this story. Not the part about the dude fucking his dog. But in that story, there was always like, a dog. I always imagined dog with him throughout all this crazy, chaotic shit. Why? Why a dog? A dog? Man's best friend. It's just something about a dog. I don't know. Dogs are good for stories. I, I kind of want... I want him to... Like, the character in the book or in the screenplay, like, I always want him to feel like like, you're watching, like, imagine you watch this movie, like, it's kind of like, he's alone. Like, have you ever watched a movie where it's, like, a character's alone, and they, like, it just, like, kind of like he wanted, like, I didn't want him to, like, be alone on screen. What do you, well, so, oh, I see. So, rather than him being completely alone, it's like, um, for instance, I am legend with Will Smith. Right. He's got a dog for a good I don't want to say anything beyond that. I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody. There's a dog. Right. So yes. <laughs> he's got a dog. And when you see that doggy and him and the dog are running on the treadmill and all this, it's like it's just him and the dog. They're together. That's what's happening. So yeah. Right. It, it's a better way to tell the story than to just have Will Smith by himself at the very beginning of the movie. Cause then there's less going on. Right. It's not that companionship. There's no relationship happening there. It's easier to tell a story with two people, for sure. Right. Just to have some type of thing happening. But a dog. A dog is interesting. And also, not to, not to be that guy, but you can always kill the dog. And every story that contains a dog, that is an option. The dog can die, and that's, right. always, that's always sad to well, see. Well, I, I assume, like, you know about the book, like, Save the Cat. No. Or where, uh... I believe that's what it's called. And it's uh like pretty much like the a simple like tactic and storytelling is that like or at least in uh, a movie, I think it's like I wanna say like within the first order of it, or you could probably play with that a little bit, like if no matter what type of fucked up shit the character does, as long as they save, you know, like, there's got to be some sort of redeeming thing about it to make the fucked up character be like, all right, I'll follow this. 
for the protagonist. That, that again, not to bring it up a million times, but Breaking Bad. I mean, people went with Walter White till the very end, and that right. dude was doing some fucked up shit. Sopranos. But, Sopranos showed you could do that with Tony Soprano. Right. People love that dude. Kind of like, right? It's kind of like how he would, um, you know, like all these characters, like, like good family men. Yeah, yeah, for real. They have good family. I mean, at least you can view it that way. Yeah. You can say that that's their, that's their reasoning. I mean, whenever you hear actors talking about when they're playing an antagonist, it's always like, you're never the villain in your own story, is the right. best way to put it. And that goes for real life, too. That's why I always hear people out, because no one's the villain in their own story. Everybody's in their brain. They're telling themselves they have a reason for doing what they're doing. Right. So you never really know. And uh, if you were an actor and someone said, you're going to play this king and, it's, and he just murders people mercilessly and he fucking rapes people and this and that. Damn. As an actor, you got to get in this mindset of like, okay, I'm a fucking asshole, but you're still a human. So, you know, actors got a hard job when it comes to playing a real asshole. Bet, there's some man. fucked up people out there and there's some yeah, actors who shit. have to play them. <laughs> there's also fucked up people out there that just exist. Those yeah. people exist. So, you know, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Man... I, I feel like storytelling is a tough thing. Storytelling is a tough thing because you have to you have to be able to unweave the story in a way that makes sense too. And and with what you just said, like if there's a protagonist, the, the person always has to kind of relate to the protagonist or feel it, even if they do stuff that's fucked up. Here, I'll help you move that for a second. Yeah, appreciate it. And then, yeah, it's just it's interesting with the way that uh, writing a story can go. I mean, I, I feel like it's an exercise I should dabble in. I have I had a yeah. thought recently, and I was thinking about doing it as a song, but as we have this conversation, I'm going to put it on record right here. Um, I was thinking, like, what if, as a metaphor, and I don't think I would say it in the story or song, right. but it's someone floating through space searching for ideas, as in, like, like they're searching for ideas in space. Right. Just like when you're in your brain and you're searching for ideas and you find ideas. But I would have to find a way to really iron that story out and iron that metaphor out in a way that makes sense. Because I like that concept like of just floating through space and just finding like planets and ideas. However the fuck I would make that make sense. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it, makes, it, it just happened to me. It occurred to me one day. It may or may not have been influenced by uh, a substance. Who knows? <laughs> but it came to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, it's like that. It really is like that. It's just like searching and finding things, floating through space and just stumbling upon things. Man. <coughs> Life's crazy. It's some bullshit, I'm telling you. You think it's some bullshit? I think it's beautiful. Life? No. No? You I don't, don't think, like it? I, no, I'm saying I don't think life is bullshit. Oh, what's, what's the bullshit? The bullshit is that, like, man, there's just so much fuck shit in the yeah. world okay I, am i, I not supposed to because no 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 i'm just i'm just agreeing with you i'm on that i think i've did we not swear this whole time if so that's impressive because i feel like normally but, i let off a swear or two by now yeah i've probably been <laughs> cussing all through it. probably i don't even know it's funny that you asked that made me think about it but the world beyond some fuck shit that's that resistance i'm talking about though i mean like i think the only way to actually live is to just just know that that fuck shit is fuck shit and just identify it as fuck shit. And when you see that fuck shit, go, nah, I could never be that fuck shit. You just know. Like, th the right. reason you even know it's fuck shit is because you know that you ain't that fuck shit. <laughs> so that's how I like to look at it. Right. Whenever I see some real fuck shit, I just know I don't identify it. I try to stay away from fuck shit if I can. Fuck shit's bad. Fuck shit's bad. And it's all over the place. 
Like, that's good. That's a good bit. I'm going to save this. This is good. You might see me do this on my stand-up special because I don't think any comedian's gone on stage and really talked about that fuck shit. That fuck shit is wild, dog. And it is relentless everywhere you go. It's more common in uh, more populated places because there's it, it's weird. It's like the ratio doesn't ratio. Like, around here, it's, you know, one to every 20 people is on some fuck shit, I would say. But when you're in a city, it's one in every five. (laughs) It switches up. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Whole lot of fuck shit. So, but, you know, as long as you know what to look for, the world's a wild place. I mean, I think my my fuck shitometer is all right. Now that I think about it, it's like, it's like a five out of ten. It's not that good. What would you say yours is, your fuck shitometer? Where would you put it? As in, like... My awareness of the fuck shit? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That is what it measures. Man, my fuck shit, um, it's been, like, way off for the longest, man. It's fucking... It's fuck. Fuck shit. Yeah. For I'm me, not saying, like, I don't know, man. It's just, like, it's hard to tell nowadays. Well, the thing with fuck shit is that when it comes around... Um, it can be persuasive. Fuck shit can actually trick you into thinking it's not. Especially when, right. you know, you're a straight male and fuck shit comes in the form of a woman. That can happen too. I mean, that that is a whole lot of that fuck shit. But you know what? I actually take that statement back that I just made because I've seen a whole lot of male fuck shit too. I mean, like, yeah, whole lot of male fuck shit. Just random things. Like, some guys just get really uh, upset about random shit and they're like, like, okay, there is, I'm not going to say names, but there is a funny rap feud that I've been seeing going on on Facebook lately. What? And it's just straight up fuck shit. And I'm not going to say who the two rappers are. Man. But I'm going to, because I don't want to be that guy, but I want to use it as an example because it, it's happening right now. So there's one guy who made a song, or he made an album with a title. And then another guy in a city nearby named Detroit made a song with that title, and he's a comedic rapper, and he's been, you know, getting a little bit of a following lately. He's been doing some things. Like, he's been around for a minute, and uh, but he's been popping off with a song that he made just recently. And uh, so I think that's partially what influenced this, but one of the rappers contacted the other rapper privately and said, hey, you stole my idea, and then a bunch of personal insults happened, and because both of these rappers were on fuck shit, they both posted about it on Facebook. So it's like open to the public. Everybody's what? seen it. That's the problem with fuck shit on Facebook. It's so easy. You, you, you can't. You can't. Like, just keep it private, guys. Listen, I've learned the hard way. I feel like I burnt bridges through my fuck shit on Facebook. That's why I don't do it no more. It's just bad. It's not worth it. That's why I don't even use Twitter. Twitter's like almost all fuck shit. I just, I just can't do yeah. it. I can't even process it anymore. I just see it and I go, oh yeah, all right, here we go. It's like a roller coaster, but I don't want to be, Man, be the I'm one. Man, I'm interested in this rap beef now. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I'll tell you off camera who they are. I can uh-huh. tell you off camera, but I can't say it on record just because I don't want to call people out. It's just, it's just, and when I say fuck shit, what I just mean is there's not even a point in investing your time into that. Like if some guy does something that's similar to what you do, just be like, ah. Just move on. Don't, like, get upset and then start posting about it and messaging him and getting mad at him. And then when you're that guy who gets to that guy that messages him and is all hating on you, don't start getting upset and posting about that. Be like, these haters and this shit. Like, don't even, don't even give him attention, dude. Like, it's all silly. The only time you should do it, and I still stick to this, is diss rap. Diss rap needs to keep, we need to keep it alive. And motherfuckers in Flint don't take it serious. There was some diss raps going around uh, not too long ago. 
And man, I want hero. Oh, I I did a diss rap. I was part of one. I was because I, I was trying to keep it up. But I think B Haley dissed Jeff Sky. B Haley dissed Jeff Sky. That was what it was. And it was I think in 2020, maybe in 2021. And so Jeff Sky wasn't going to respond, and he was just kind of making fun of it on Facebook. And me, as my like rapper self, I'm thinking, no, you guys are missing the point. Like, have you seen battle rap? Have you seen how this shit's supposed to go? Yeah, it's like, kind you're supposed of to like, play into it. It's He's, kind of like a a rivalry amongst two artists to kind of help them keep, you know, striving for something. Yes, exactly. You know? Like, the fact that they're even dissing each other is just showing that they're hungry in a way. Like, as a rapper, yeah. isn't that what you're usually doing is proving, like, it's it's almost like a, a bravado type thing. In my brain, in my brain, I'm not saying this is rap for everyone. I'm just saying that when I think of hip-hop, I think of, like, you're writing your own raps, you're proving yourself. Like, it's like when Eminem yeah. in 8 Mile goes to the shelter and he blows everybody away with the shit he came up with off the top of his head. That's hip-hop. Like, it's being original yeah. and coming up with original-ass shit. So... Yeah. I kind of feel like, man, I don't think purely that rap music is like that bravado in this, but it's something that I've definitely like always admired about some of my favorite rappers. But yeah, also, their character. They're like the fact they have a character. But, yeah. Yeah. But kind of like, like, I love bravado rap, but I also like conscious rap as well. I also like for different reasons too, like, there's all sorts of like different styles of rap and like this and that. But what I it's mean is even of, that a conscious rapper can, that could be their bravado. Like that's their right. character too. Like both of them are them like playing into like what they are. Right. And like, that's what's great about hip hop is you can be yourself and do your own thing. Like if you're that guy that is the bravado guy, you're going to go into that a hundred percent. But if you're that right. conscious guy, you go into that a hundred percent and hip hop gives you the avenue. Like it's hard to do that in any other type of music, like country, rock, metal it's all a little bit more collaborative a little bit different hip-hop's kind of based on you and what you're feeling that's what's so dope about it to me you know what i'm right. saying yeah, and yeah. so when people diss each other it's like play into that like tell them why you're so dope and then say why this yeah. motherfucker's so whack and kind of like <laughs> it, it allows you like an opportunity to like kind of be like um like if somebody's uh being in opposition towards you and they're like, I oppose that. And you're like, well, rebuttal. Fuck that. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun for the people listening. They have fun with that. So what I did was I dissed B. Haley back with a song with a song I called Bonkers, based on Yonkers by Tyler the Creator. And I did it like right. in a black and white video. So I I tried to have like a whole style to it and I dissed him back. I played into it. And I defended, I basically dissed him on Jeff Sky's behalf, was the whole idea behind the rap. Um, <laughs> I think I said, uh, Bueller, Bueller, B. Haley's missing class. Uh, 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 oh, I can't even remember. I wish I had the lyrics in front of me. There's some good bars in there. Uh, I know I said he stole his name from B. Rabbit. There's a couple things in there that I, they're genuinely Ooh. good disses, you know? Like, I was like, it, it was a good diss rap. There's a, it's a whole three-minute song. So, yeah, I played into it. I did the whole thing. He dissed me back, and it was an—I uh, think he said R is for 
R is for something. Like it was making fun of my name, Ruse. It was good. Like he did a oh, oh, and then I dissed him back. There was a whole feud that happened here. If you guys want to find out about this, it's all on YouTube. It's all on record. Um I, I know I put B is for I did one that was B is for something. That was because he dissed me and then I dissed him again and I put B is for something because B is the name of B Haley. Like B is for Maybe b- bitch would have been good, but probably not user friendly. B is for bitch would have been a funny a bitch Haley, but um, that's what's fun about be, this rap. You got bitch, one? <laughs> bastard. Bastard. B is for bastard. That's good. Uh, baby. B is for baby. <laughs> As in like, <laughs> I don't know. Baby. Baby actually is pretty good too, because baby. Haley. I mean, as far as like calling someone like an infant, like you are like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying I'm gonna find it right now because it's gonna take me two seconds for it. B is for boring. That's what I boring. went with. Boring Haley. But that's probably because I rapped about him being boring in it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole feud here. Yes. That was what happened. It's great. It's great. And I think that nobody's doing that. Like it, you know, the only one I could think of that's notable in the actual like big rap industry, like the most people know recently, there's two. There's Eminem and MGK. And then there's Drake and Pusha T, if you saw that. But Eminem and MGK was probably the one that, like, most people know. When Eminem, MGK just oh, Eminem, and then Eminem did Kill Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't happen that often anymore. I love it. I love it. It's like battle rap, but written. Like, I've never been able to battle rap. Shout out Joey Koff. He used to be Jabberjaw. And uh, yeah. I don't know if he still does it. But there's still battle rap. They still keep it alive. I know in Detroit it's a big thing. I don't, it's not really <clears> big in Flint. It happens, I think. I think they still have events, but battle rap is a—it's an art form in itself because it's freestyle. Yeah. But it's—they write it beforehand, but it's also a little bit of freestyle, and there's a rule to it. You have to talk shit, so you're—you're you're doing all three of those things. What? Yeah, it's hard. That's—that's that's not nah, but Hell yeah! Like imagine like 30 people all looking at you. This motherfucker just dissed you for five minutes straight. Now you got to remember the shit you wrote down in your apartment yesterday, talking right. about him and his girl. And you have to do it flawlessly. <laughs> like, there's a lot of pressure in that moment. So Ugh. when people are good battle rappers, it, it, it impresses me. Because I feel like I would crack. That's not my environment. I want to write songs and just be chill. I don't want some motherfucker telling me <laughs> what's wrong with me. Right. I don't need to be on stage doing all that. How would I'm, What am I supposed to do? I just would be shitty at it. The closest I would get would be on Wild and Out. I'll go on Wild and Out. And I'll, you said I'll, Wild and Out. <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. That sounds fun. That's still on, right? Well, now, I don't know. I think it is. Sorry. Yeah, it's a good show. Shout out Nick Cannon. Stroke of genius right there. How many kids does Nick Cannon have? Man, probably I don't know, 50, man. 100. A lot. a lot. A lot. He's getting to Genghis Khan levels. Whoa. How many kids do you see yourself having? If, you, if In your final days, how many kids would you ideally have? Um. Tough question. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. I'm gonna. Th- I, I've never really thought about it, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm gonna say three, three. There's not too many. It's not too little. I think three is a good number, because yeah. you know one. It's like you never know how one's gonna go. One kid's great, but you never know how one's gonna go. Like, what if it's what if it's the worst kid in the planet Earth? Right. <laughs> it's possible. Is it me? I feel like it's <laughs> me, man. One. Were you an only child? No, I had uh, three older brothers. Okay, well, so or I do. I don't think you're the one then. Because, like, if you are that bad... I don't think they're that bad either. Okay, so, yeah. Honestly. I think kids... I think ha- 
only children have more of a chance of being crazy motherfuckers because no, they don't have frames of reference as much as other people. You know, you need brothers and sisters a little bit. That's my theory. They kind of yeah. level you out. Like even when they pick on you, it's like, all right, you get a reference of like how humans are. Yeah, I feel you. You don't have family members. Like you're just an only child. Plus your parents spoil you more. You get a weird sense of how the world works. Like only children, they're just, I've, I've heard people talk about this that I've had like only children friends and they opened my mind to it. Like they, they think of things differently. Like their manners are different even. Like they don't really think about other people as much because they didn't grow up with brothers and sisters they had to work with. So they'll just like, they don't realize that they'll just like show up to your house and just walk in and shit. <laughs> like, Damn. Only children are wild, man. So yeah, but three, cause two, two, that's all right. But three, I think, you know, what if I have two boys? And one girl. Like, it's, I'm not going to have three boys. I'm not going to have three girls. So maybe if three would maybe, like, uh, level up those chances of having some variety in there. Right. That, that's why I'm going with three. I think that's a solid number. But also, like, when, I have no clue. I don't know the time frame of this this imaginary life I'm living in my brain right now. I'm going to say 40. I'm going to have kids when I'm 40. When I'm have rich and famous. I'm going to live in my mansion inside of Hawaii or Chicago or somewhere else. Cool. I'll find a cool place to go. Maybe World War Six will have already happened. I'll be in a bunker. We'll figure it out. But by then, I'll be rich and famous. So that's 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 how I know I'll survive the World War. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about having kids. You got to think about that now. Right. <laughs> when's all this shit going to really end? Like, when's it all going to really blow up? I, I've, I, I would not want to have a kid right now because I'd be thinking, damn, bro, like the world's wild right now. Do yeah, I really want to? Yeah, 20 years from now, how's this going to be? <laughs> it's already pretty bad. <laughs> like People are crazy, dog. And AI, AI is something we bring up a lot here in this room because AI freaks me the fuck out. I don't know how much yeah, you're into yeah. that. That shit freaked me the fuck out. Like, what do you know about AI? Like, what's your perspective on it? Uh, I don't know, man. Where do I start? I, I have realized something about, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know shit about fuck, honestly. Like, nowhere and no way at all. So what like, is your general understanding of like, how it works? Like, if you were to describe how you think AI works, what would you say? Artificial intelligence? Yeah. Maybe, like, fuck, I don't know, man. You don't know? My best description would be it's just taking a bunch of shit it's found online or like shit that's been, it's been fed yeah. and it's just because it's gotten it more and more advanced it together it's, to yeah like, it's processes it together better than it ever could before and that's why people are talking about it more man. like the there was ai image generators that became a big thing recently and that was the next step above like i don't know if you remember 10 years ago i think it was about then when chatbots were online and you could talk with a robot and it was yeah. kind of it kind of worked but not really and it would have funny responses and what it was really based on was what people said to it through the chat right it wasn't based Getting on the, the information and shit. yeah damn and they would vote up and down on whether or not the responses were good and a lot of right. it was based on that and chat gpt is the big thing now and it's similar to that except what it's doing is just way more advanced and it's able to compute this stuff at a different level than it could ever before. And it's advancing at this crazy-ass rate where now we got voice AI. That's been a big thing lately. Yeah. Like I said, there's this image AI shit. Man, the image I've AI been, shit, it, it's getting to the I think I might have seen that recently. Well, you must have because that's Where's... what I was about to say. It's gotten to the point now where people, I've seen people share fake images on Facebook right. that are definitely AI, but they yeah, don't it's know. Like, yo, it's almost that person, but it's not. Yeah, you and, and you can't, like, we're at the point now where it's realistic enough 
to where if you know what to look for, you can you can figure it out. But if you were like a grandma, if you were like somebody older, you would be looking at that just bad eyesight. Like if you, anybody, if you're anybody who's just not in the right mind, if you were tired that day and you look at your phone and you see like, oh my God, why is Obama smoking a blunt right now? And it's just this AI generated Hooray. image. <laughs> but you believe it. And then you walk around for the rest of that day telling everybody, yo, I saw a picture of Obama smoking a blunt. Like, everybody else is going to be like, no way. They're not going to look it up. They'll just I take your know. word for it. Obama. That's why it's wild, dude, because it really opens a lot of uh, a lot of leeway for a lot Some of bullshit. Shit. Some fuck shit. Way more fuck shit. And that's the problem with the AI, I think, is there's no guardrails on the fuck shit. That's... I'm glad that we went, thank you for circling back because that's exactly the word for it. It's right. going to be way more fuck shit and it's going to just get worse and worse and worse. And the, the fact of the matter is it's getting better and better and better when it comes to the technology. So right. it's like, look at a graph. All you have to do is watch the technology go up and the fuck shit go up with it. You know, mm. it's just they both go up together. Or, or if you want to see something plummeting, I guess fuck shit goes up. Or Yes, fuck shit goes up. No, 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 no. Technology goes up. And then, uh, no, I don't know what the antithesis of fuck shit would be, so I can't properly make the graph for you guys in real time. I'm going to have to sit and process on this. But the pro my, my theory is this, that the fuck shit is going to get worse. And that's the real danger of it. Because, like, it, it's cool to an extent, but we just don't know, dog. I, we're at the point now where motherfuckers, motherfuckers think, like, that shit's 100% real. They'll take that shit serious. Man. They want to write their songs through that. Like, they want right. to stop writing music and start writing music through chat GPT. It's like, you're you're missing the whole point of what music writing is when you do that, and right. they don't realize it. They're, they, they think it's just like they're using a tool, but it's like you're taking the soul out of it. Like, you are what it is. You're putting you into it. And when you put this thing in between, this tool that is just pulling all this information from some cloud... It's no longer representing the human soul anymore. And that, right. that to me, is the ultimate thing I can say on it. It's like you're losing the soul. Man. And how do you not see that? We got to. Oh, man. Oh, we need to practice. I feel the soul getting back into me, though, man. I feel <sighs> it. That's what I try to do with we this podcast. We need to fucking fuck yes. I try to put the soul Let's back uh, into the people. I, that's all we can do. We can lead by example, right, man? We just got to go out there and say, you motherfuckers are crazy. Cut this shit out. Hang out with each other in real Stop. life. <laughs> Make a real painting. Paint something for real. Write a real song. Like, ChatGPT is cool for, I think, Googling things. But the, the thing is, it's like the curiosity kills the cat. People just have too much at their disposal. And they're like, oh, well, I don't need to do this anymore. It's like self-driving cars. That's going to fuck people up. That's my theory on that. It's the same self thing. Self-driving cars. When people don't drive for 20 Man. years, they're not going to be driving very well when they, they start driving exist. again. Because, like, say again? I said they already exist. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, once they, because we haven't seen long term yet, once we have a good 10 to 20 years of people driving self-driving cars, they're going to, like, it's like if you don't ride a bike for 30 years and then yeah. all of a sudden you ride a bike again like yeah you can still ride the bike but you're not as efficient as you once were right. or a better example would be flying a plane i suppose because there's more stuff there's more things you have to worry about so if you were to stop driving your car for 20 years it's going to fuck you up a little bit right. and the best way i could describe that too is like think about how you use a gps and you section that part of your brain off like i know for me I fucking suck at navigating because I let Google do it for me. So I like force myself to just look at the directions and then put it away right. because I will stare at that fucking thing every turn I need to take. Like, yeah, I, some but I don't have to do that. It's some, it's some fuck shit. And so, um, 
I really think self-driving cars in the next 20, 30 years. And AI, same deal. It's like we can't lose the soul in this shit. Just drive. Agency. That's another word I like to think about is agency. agency. Never give up your fucking agency, dog. Like your ability to do shit yourself. That's a fucking, that's one of the best things a human could ever have. Yeah, yeah. We, all, we have agency. That's fucking beautiful. Like when you just walk around and you get to pick what you're going to do, that is dope as fuck. That alone is cool. Not everybody has that. Yeah. So why would you give that up? Ah, people drive me crazy, man. And that's why I'm worried about this future. People are wild. People are really crazy out there. <laughs> They're crazy. It makes me think I'm really smart. I'm like, wow, am I the only one? Is this the Truman Show right now? But like, then maybe that's my main character syndrome. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just think I like. You're not crazy. You seem like a pretty reasonable guy. Yeah, I'm I like definitely your book. not crazy. <laughs> Your book doesn't know, seem man. crazy at all. <laughs> I don't know, man. I consider myself like I don't know. I'm I, I feel pretty self analytical, and I feel like I try to watch out for myself. Like, wait, like, kind of like I don't know. I go through like a process of eliminations with things. Uh, the way like, um, sometimes I think like, okay, is this this person has me fucked up or do I have this person fucked up? Or I try to see it from like outside myself. Well, is your intuition synchronized with the universe? It's hard to see that because sometimes you get so much in your own head that right. you can't tell you're out of sync. Like some of the, my, my best days, I just feel like the best way to describe it is I was just in sync with whatever was happening yeah, at that point definitely. in time. Like it just felt right. It's like when you hit a bunch of green lights, it just yeah. feels perfect. And it's hard to describe those days. Right. So, yeah, man, you have to do that. I think the best people do that, too. It means the only way you can get better at things. You have to be self-analytical. You have to have the humility to be able to identify when you do shit wrong, too. That's the other part of it. Right. It's like, if you're too analytical, but you don't have that sense of, like, changing it, then you're just going right. to fuck yourself 24-7. No yeah. You're never, ever, it's like a circle that you're just walking in in your head. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking about something I have fucked up today. What's that? I mean, are you willing to reveal it? Um, let me uh, I can, come I mean, back to that. I let can me tell you what, I've like, been getting fucked up. It, it ties in with the whole theme of the podcast. Okay. The Chicago thing, man. That's why I keep pushing it closer. Because every single time I go to that city, I realize, dude, my life is passing me by. My life is fucking passing me by, and I'm not here where I want to be. Right. And I know every time I go here, I feel this in my heart. Like, whoa, this is so different than what I'm used to. Like, I, it, not in a way where it's like I like to visit this, but like I identify with this type of thing. This makes way more sense to me than being in Flint, Michigan. It just fucking makes more sense. And it's so hard to describe. It's just like a feeling I feel in my soul. Like, people are nicer to me there. Like, just random shit. Like, when I was, I was recently in Chicago, days before we did this podcast, I was visiting again because mm. I'm going there soon. And just the fact that I'm wearing this shirt that I like to wear, it's, um, I've worn them on the podcast. It's, they're, they're made by Uzi, U-Z-Z-I. They're like these button-up shirts. I got them in Tybee Island, so it's probably a southern thing. But they're beach mm. button-up shirts. And, like, the, what's so nice about them is, like, they're super-duper soft, so you just you can wear them outside on a hot day. Oh, yeah. But it's, I love me a button-up shirt, dog, and they're stylish. They look dope as fuck. So anyways, I'm wearing my Uzi shirt the other day. Somebody rides by on a motorcycle. They're like, I like your shirt. Rarely, whatever. That would never happen here in Flint. And then the other thing that happened is when I was sitting at a Mexican restaurant, this girl walks in and she says, oh, my God, I love your shirt. And then she says, can I touch it? And she touches it. And then she asks me more about it. And she asks me where I got it. And then I said it was the beach shirt, like I just said. And she says, no, it's a yacht shirt. 
and now I'm going to call it that. Yacht it's a shirt. fucking yacht shirt. Those are yacht shirts. And, and that, I would have never even had someone give me that if I was here in Flint, Michigan. One thing I've noticed in this city, too, is those motherfuckers always want to tell you stories, dog. Like, random people. You walk inside of a restaurant, and you just, like, start up a conversation, and they will tell you what they did last year for the summer. Like, everybody there. It's yeah. a weird thing that nobody does around here. And it makes me feel great, because that's the shit I do, dog. That's on the same way as those motherfuckers. So, I get it. And, and, and all of this being said, it just drives it in for me. Like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to follow whatever it is my soul is telling me rather than making up excuses every time I come home. Because every time I come home, what I do is I sit here in my room and I go, well, I got to do this, this, and this before <coughs> I actually go. I got to figure these things out. I can't right. just leave right now. Yes, I actually can. I could leave right now, but I don't. And so that is for me... That's the thing that really gets me right now. That's my intuition, me realizing it's out of sync, that I'm fucking shit up. Because hey. all I have to do is just follow that. I have to do what my heart is telling me, because I know the universe is right. I know it's saying it. It's saying that I need to do that. So I will do that. But I can't keep saying I will do that and then not doing it, because then I'll be like 35 and I'll be like, man, I was going to go to Chicago 10 years ago. Right. I never did. I've been saying it for th like two years now. It's already been two fuck out of here, dog. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it. I'm not just telling you this now. You guys, you, if you're seeing this episode like five months from now, I'm already there. I'm saying, I've said it in stone. I've made it part of the, the brand. You know, I've, I've laid it down on the internet. But anyway, anyway, with all that being said, what's your thing? Do you, do you, are you, are you feeling like you can reveal your thing? Whatever it is. What my you, thing is? Yeah, because that was my thing. That's what I've been thinking about, man. That's me. That's what I think I've been fucking up. I thought you had a thing. <sighs> If you don't, that's cool. Man. I just like mine. I, 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 had to I had to release that. I know it's bad. It's bad. I got to get it out. It's, it's bad. I got to let the universe know. Don't do that shit. I want people to hear that and be like, I'm not going to fucking... I follow your dreams, people. I'm telling you. I said, Anyways, don't mean to interrupt. I don't know, man. I feel like probably my thing is just experiencing many things. Like, there's so much shit in the world that's fun to do. Like traveling? Like, traveling? Yeah. I think traveling's fun. Art's fun. Music is fun. Uh, just creating in general. See, so you even just mean like a experience. bucket list type of stuff. Like just all these things that I have never done before. Like should I do all these I things mean, before I die type of deal? I don't see it like that. I see it just more of like there's like multiple subjects that interest me like it's it kind of like i just want to like i'm not sure man it's kind of like i like doing a lot of shit no i feel that man i mean that's the same that's kind of the reason i want to go is because when i go there there's so much more to experience like i feel like i'm missing out on a lot of fundamental like the last few days when i was there by myself it's the first time i ever went by myself and i really got to experience that I walked the whole time. I probably walked 30 goddamn miles. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I, I, I thought I was going to buy the bus pass. I bought it the last day just to ride back to the bus or to the train station on time because I took the train mm. in. And I just, I didn't plan on that before I got there, but I wanted to experience what the city was like just walking around. And it was a whole different perspective. And it made me think, like, like there was just so much different shit I got to see. Like, there's so, I was walking on the uh, rocks 
on one of the beaches. Like I was just walking by, getting back onto the street because I went to the, I went all the way up north, and then I was just gonna walk along the beach back. And uh, I walked past these guys that were walking along the rocks, and I don't know, they might have been teenagers. And this one guy says, "Hey, you want to buy any weed, dude?" <laughs> it's like, "Nah, I'm good, dog. Thanks." Yeah. And then. Uh, he just like keeps on going, and that was about it. And then I keep on going, and that was just a fun little thing that would only happen. He had the Cheech and Chong voice. Like that alone is a little story right there that I don't get to have around here. I don't get really? to experience that. The other thing was when I was walking, this is a big one because this was wild for me. There was a bunch of raccoons that were just walking around like along the trail there, like right by the lakefront, but they were along a trail. And like a bunch of raccoons, like probably like five or ten, and they were just kind of popping up and walking around, right. like off, like cats that were hungry. And this one guy walked up with this wild hat, and he was talking to me about how he fed them and how they he didn't have any, like he didn't have any food for him that day, and how he saw that one of them had a different tail, so it must have been a new one. Like he was familiar with these motherfuckers, and he must have fed them all the time. Like that was where he walked every day. And I like I, I didn't have any I didn't want to pet them because I didn't want anything crazy to happen. But I held my hand out and like they put their nose up to it and tapped my hand and they were super friendly. I got some pictures. That shit would never happen around here just because those animals would never act like that. And it's just a little story. Like there's these friendly little raccoons that just chill there. Like that's their life, dog. Those are the, that's Boy. what those raccoons do. They just hang out like cats waiting for food. <laughs> it's wild. And what was so funny about it is so many people would, every time you, they would see them, they'd stop and look at them like they were going to bite them or something, like it was a rodent. But they were just friendly little raccoons. I thought it was adorable. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't get over it. Ugh. So I got to get the fuck out of here because I'm not having those fundamental life experiences when I'm here. In, I can't even have Meeting those. families of raccoons? Families of raccoons just chilling, hanging out, friendly, waiting for some people to come up and feed them. Just hanging out. They would let you pet them because that's what I said to the guy. I said, I want to pet them. And he said, oh, if you had food, they probably would let you. So, yeah. It, it, it's wild. Just stuff like that really boggles my noggin because it, may, I, it yeah. makes me realize how narrow my perspective of the world is. Just like I wouldn't even imagine those things. I have to experience them to see that it happens. That's why you got to experience yeah. shit in real life. One thing it's I thought kinda, I think would be cool, a cool trait to learn, archery. That'd be cool. I imagine that's harder than you would think to just shoot a bow. Oh, man. Like, those fucking bows and shit they got nowadays, I wouldn't want to be fucking with it because all that tension. Oh, they got high-tech bows? I don't know anything. No, I mean, I don't know, man. They probably make them better than they ever have. Right. I don't know. I have no idea, dude. Yeah, I wouldn't call myself any type of bow and arrow expert <laughs> you're not a bowman yourself nope no arrow man i wonder what they call those guys robin hoods oh like archery archery yeah archers there it is archery. archers but archery is a cool thing i mean one trade that interests me too just the levels to it that I can't even imagine is bowling. Like, I know it's silly, but just, like, if you think about it, like, bowling, when I think about what a bowling coach would say to a guy when he comes back to the corner, like, it's nothing like what a boxing coach would say. Like, what the fuck is a bowling coach going to say? Like, yo, you're turning your wrist too much to the right. Like, you need to loosen up a little bit. Like, your spine is a little too tight. You're, you need to go 10 degrees back to the left. Like, he's probably, yeah. how specific can a fucking bowling coach be to help you all you're doing is shooting strikes. That's all you're trying to do. So, yeah. Yeah, trades are, trades are wild. Bowling's a wild one. Darts. 
bowling, darts, archery. Those are all so specific. How do you get better at those things? How the fuck? <laughs> like, how do you refine dart throwing? You gotta be really, know. really fucking good. And people do it drunk. That's the thing about darts. <sighs> people are on dart It's kind of like loosening up, I feel like. Have you ever thrown darts? I haven't really done it. Kind of like. Yeah? Like, whoo, I got it right. Kind of like, you know, like keeping it. Keeping it kind of loose. Yeah. Like, I feel like, at least based on my own experience from throwing darts, if I, like, were to throw a dart, I have, like, less chance of, like, hitting uh, the target I want to hit when I'm, like, tightened up, like. Yeah. Or have, you know. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's probably, like, most sports. And then that's why, that's why, you know, that's why white men can't jump. Yeah. <laughs> They're too tight. <laughs> Let's be real. White That's why black people jump? are better at dancing, man. It's true. If you ever need to get better at dancing, ask your black friend. I'm not, that's not even racist. It's the truth of the universe. I will stand by that. Everybody knows that black people are better at dancing. I had a friend who I'm pretty sure was mixed, and she could two-step like nobody else. And she was trying to teach me. And what I realized in retrospect just today is I never loosened my damn shoulders, man. That's part of it. Like, the one thing that black people get right, the white people get wrong, is they don't loosen up. That's why I even thought of this. You got to get man. loose. I'm, you know, white people just loosen up. In man, general, I feel man, white as fuck right now. I don't, I don't want to be the white guy. I, I like to think I got some soul in me. I like to think I got some funk in me. I don't want to be that white-ass motherfucker. I don't know, man. I think some situations put me in my place. Sometimes I think I could be invited to a cookout, and then I hang out with, like, I hang out with a certain group of people, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, okay, yeah. I, maybe not everywhere I fit in perfectly, like a glove. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe some places I do really <laughs> stick out. And that goes for any group of people. Like, imagine hanging out with a group of Chinese. Chinese people that were like nothing like you and super into K-pop and shit, you would not know what to do when you're sitting in that room. All right? I'm putting it in perspective for everybody. You don't have to say anything. This is a bit that I will fall back on. This is all me, all right? <laughs> if you want to elaborate, you can. I don't know. It's true, man. It's just true. There's been so many, uh, there's been situations where I've like walked in. So I'll put it this way. There were some purchases that I have made uh, in the Flint area where I had to be in a, maybe a little bit of a sketchy situation. And it made me realize, like, okay, maybe Ruse is not as hood as he thought he could be, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, maybe I wouldn't blend in to that, and, but maybe I could. Like, I don't know. Can I make a Flint rap song? Can I make a hood-type beat song? Probably not. Ruse ain't that gangster, man. I'm just not. That's what I'm getting at. I, I, I don't know. I think I got the funk in me. But I don't know if I got that the streets in me. That's it. That's it. How do you feel about all this? I don't know, man. <laughs> That's a lot. I know. Laying it all on you. Yeah, you're feeling a lot. I mean, I, I, I just, I, you know what? I, I kind of, I realized mid monologue that I, I really am just going all the way, all the way there. So I was just gonna keep rolling with it. I, I like it. I like it. But you know what? I mean, really, it's just. I don't know, man. What the fuck? I don't know what to say. <laughs> this to is that. a comedy podcast. I should say this. I always, I always establish this. Ruse is a comedian. One day you'll see him on a stage. This is a comedy podcast. So that covers all the bases, right? Right. right. And we write books about fucking dogs around here. Come on, guys. Right. Come on. Who's there judging ain't nothing who? Nothing funny about that. <laughs> nothing funny about that. There really isn't. Well, though. 
There's, uh, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to make it. It was funny when you were a kid. You, you, you thought right. of it as a bit at first. Maybe if it was a 10-page story. Like, if it, you kept it short and sweet, and it wasn't... And maybe if the whole thing was, like, just to be so ridiculously, outrageously fucked up that that was what was funny about it. Like, maybe if you went in that direction, like, everything that happened was just so terrible that that was the joke. Because, you know, there was um, there's a com- comedy bit that's like that that you don't really hear anymore. It's about a family. I can't remember the name of it. But it's, oh. You know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about uh, aristocrats? Yes, that's it. The aristocrats. And they don't, you never hear it anymore, but that was the whole bit. It's just as fucked up as you can be. That's the Man. joke. <laughs> yeah, for real. They would definitely include fucking a dog in, in the aristocrats. I guarantee you. That's, that's, it's just a cherry on top at that point. <laughs> so... Right. This is a comedy podcast, people. Kind of like, <laughs> man, one of my favorite movies is Cabin Fever, right? Okay. Have you seen it? No. Um, uh, is, is How old is that movie? Do you know a year? Is it recent? I want to say older? 2002 it came out. 2003 okay. maybe. Something like that. And it, like, it's like, I love that movie because of some of the, it's a horror movie. And uh, it has some, like, kind of out of place. Man, that movie's just, like, unexplained, like, I don't know, man. It's just, like, it's just an odd movie. It's, like, but that's what made it unique. And it's, like, I remember when I was a kid, I used to love the fuck out of that movie. And, like, anytime I got my hands on that DVD, like, it was kind of, like, I don't know. I just love movies like that. Like, watching, I liked watching fucked up shit when I was a kid. <laughs> so, um, but I would watch, like, the, um, what you call it? Like, a director commentary or, like or like, with Eli Roth talking over it. And there's, like, this one part where, like, in this movie, all this fucked up shit keeps happening to this character. And uh, it's, like, at the peak of the fuck shit. And he ends up, like, like all his friends are dying around him. Everybody's getting this, like, skin-eating shit. Uh, I think they, like, accidentally, like, I don't know. It's not an accident. They fuck up the hermit in that movie and, like, or the hermit. And fucking just all this crazy shit. And then he ends up, like, speeding down the road, and he's driving and getting away, and it's, like, the peak of all this, like, just crescendoed up to this point. And then all of a sudden, like, this deer comes through his his windshield, and it's, I remember Eli Ross saying, like, you know, like, I wanted to, like, include this in there, right? Um, like, I was, like, running out of ideas, trying to keep it interesting, and he was like, I I just want to throw this in here, because I always wanted to, like, like, see that on, on the screen and shit, like, I've always wanted to see that, so I decided, fuck it, I'm gonna throw it in this, like, and if people, like, walk out of the theater at that point, then fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what you got to do if you're somebody with a vision too. That's kind of uh, it's kind of the whole. That's the best thing you can do. I mean, if you're a director, is is fully achieve that no matter who 
it's gonna mess with. That's how you know you have a director's brain. I think directors it's have good... to do that better than anybody. Yeah. I mean, if you want your films to have like your tone, it'd be tough to be a director of a movie. Or like, man, like editor, like yeah, man, yeah. You so forget many... about that. Yeah, a lot of people don't. I, I forget about that for sure. Because you know when you like watch the credits of a movie and you see all yeah. those names, like there's so many things that go into a fucking movie. Like right. like you said, editor, but that's just one. There's people who just do the hair of those motherfuckers on a lot of movies that you go see in the theaters. Like just hair specialists. That's one thing. Colorists. Right. Uh, my the the paper I wrote in high school for what do you call those senior research papers i think that's what they're called but uh the one that i the topic i chose was color theory and film and it's wild right. just the amount of uh psychology that goes into how your brain interprets colors right. and the way that that plays into movies like think about how the matrix is dark green it's like it looks dead it looks separate from real life it looks like it's on right. a computer like there's so many things that go into like what green represents in your brain right and, or like uh, orange is usually like a caution thing, and blue is a cool color. Blue is always associated with like beaches, yeah, and the sky. I know like orange is like associated with like uh, I don't know. I would say kind of like virgin. Oh, I haven't heard that virgin. Yeah, like huh. kind of like you know what I mean. No, I have no? to Google it. I haven't heard that one. I mean, there's I've, probably a reason for it. I just wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what it is. Right. There used to, um, I know I keep saying Maybe right, it's because it's like, a, it's like skin, like, like orange, like skin, orange, like, like what's orange that would be virgin? The only thing that would make sense to mm. me, like a fruit, like a orange fruit. Like I think of like, maybe like Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and also like. Oh, because they're sure. Yeah. <laughs> and like, kind of like, I guess as a kid. I feel like, I don't know, if you had to, like, look at it and be like, who's most likely to be a virgin? Either Shaggy or Velma, I feel like. But as I've grown older, man, looks are deceiving. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's appearance, true. Appearance is a lie, man. But, but that but is also, also a the other hand. Because think about it when you see a beautiful, beautiful, like, fucking uh, poisonous butterfly or beautiful poisonous right. bug. Like, uh, a lot of the most beautiful things, like, and nature can kill you. Yeah. You know, a beautiful bird that's going to destroy you or some shit. Like, right. there's a whole lot of that. So there's that, too. Like, it's deceiving, but you can also find that in within nature, the deception. Like, right. uh, like those little fucking snakes that blend into the grass and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's designed to fucking... Yeah, just blend right in. It's designed to deceive you. Right. You don't realize it. Man, lately I've been like uh doing a little gardening work and fucking man, I swear these animals be creeping up on me and shit. Oh, well, it's like, hot out now. So they're yeah. everywhere. Like you forget how many it's funny because every year it happens to all of us. We just forget the bugs and all the worst parts right, about nature. the heat. <laughs> and then it just comes right back. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nightmare. They're everywhere. Just these ants even. Like, where the fuck these motherfuckers come from, dog? They're everywhere. Right. Ants. They're just everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, bugs. Gardening, too, because that's where they thrive. Yeah, you got bees. Is it a bee situation, or is it just kind of... A bee situation? Man, I think it's something like... Some sort of, like... Uh, possibly a mammal that would, like, track... Like oh, really? almost like Grand, and I, uh, I was gonna say grasshopper, groundhog, a grasshopper. Um, man, it could be that. No, I would think it's more of like 
don't know. Man. I get a lot of groundhogs. Maybe my like house. raccoons or like I even at one point I forget where I was at, but I felt like there might have been a bear around. Here? Yeah. No shit. Bear. Yeah. Is that possible? I'm trying just trying to think if it's possible. I don't know. Man. Anything's possible. So For real. I don't want to discount it. Where at? Do you remember where? I don't. Bear sighting in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, it was somewhere around Genesee County. Interesting. I mean, I could see if it was in this general, like if it wasn't in Flint, but it was in the general area, because I guess there's some decent nature reserves, even Formar. Yeah, I wouldn't say like Flint City or nothing, but I would say like somewhere in the general area of like Genesee County, like Flint Township possibly, or... Any of the surrounding. Imagine yeah. like pulling up the Genesee Valley Mall, worried about your something being stolen from your car, and then a bear walks up. <laughs> Ooh, right. That's some Flint shit, I suppose. I don't know, man. Are there bears? That's a good thing. Like a brown Flint. There maybe there's. Well, it's you know, you know, I've been thinking about this lately, man. It's like we think we know everything because the internet. We think we can just look everything up, but nature really be like that though. Like there could just be a bear chilling that we just Dude, don't know but, about because the internet man. doesn't know everything. There's a bear hiding in Flint that we shit. just don't know. <laughs> We're not yeah, the mystery we of the universe. <laughs> shit, technology is still trying to figure us out, and exactly. we're sitting here trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know, man. I've seen some crazy shit, like. Have you ever seen, like, the animals around, like, Mont Park? Like, wild animals, like, they've, like, adapted to our, like, suburbs and mm. shit. Like, going through... What kind of wild animals? As in, like, I, I don't know. Like I want to say, like... We talking bigger than that? I want to say, like, a woodchuck, a ground dog, or squirrels, yeah. The cats, man, wild. I've seen this wild cat. In Mont Park, like years back, that was just like fat as hell, and it was walking around. It was walking around with the um, like a McDonald's cheeseburger with the wrapper still like in its mouth. I swear to God, probably a regular at McDonald's. That cat probably re ate there a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, it reminds me too that I know in New York City they have, I want to say cougars inside of what's that giant park? It's not Grand Central Park gonna get the name wrong whatever the giant you cougars cougars yeah but what? i know for a fact they got them in chicago I, I know in the park in new york whatever that name of the park is that i should know and then the one in chicago the, chicago though what i know is that they've been sighted in the morning in the city and i can say with my own eyes i have seen cougars twice now maybe three times because what happens is i'll be walking or am i i'm sorry cougars silly ruse he means to say coyotes so we're talking about coyotes. You see a whole bunch of those. Coyotes? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I mean to Dude, say. Dude, coyotes. coyotes are fucking nuts. Same thing. Like, but, but, but with, with, sure with New York, like, I'm pretty sure there's the tigers or cougars. But continue with the coyotes, yeah. I'm pretty sure this one, this one night, recently actually, I feel like I heard something like that. Like a coyote or a pack of coyotes uh, in the woods. Like, like making these crazy noises. And I swear they were like, Sounding like, like people, like I swear, but it was like not people noises. It was, it was wild, man. Well, I like to think I can speak dog. Was it like a little bit like a? 
like that, like where they're just you can tell there's know, a tonality man. going on in their the way they're talking it to sound, each other. It sounds like the wolves, like don't or don't coyotes, don't they like uh, try to imitate like like humans? Maybe with the way they howl or something like that. Maybe or maybe other animals like try to imitate their i heard something like they try to imitate their young to like oh those are like whatever uh those are my kids and my nephews and whatever running around like some ducktail shit or something <laughs> except with coyotes and they're like i'm a nothing wrong with that and then go over there and then they're like yeah we're we're eating you mm. does that make any sense yeah yeah are you sure yeah <laughs> So, <laughs> you know if you're what not I'm talking sure, about? I'm not sure. <laughs> Aren't, am I wrong? Like, isn't there like animals that like track other animals? No, for sure, for sure. I mean, um, funny enough, uh, I was just uh, I'm on the Chicago Reddit thing, and they there's a sign out that's telling people to look out for a certain type of bird that's protecting its young because there's another bird that preys on that bird's eggs. So the bird is extra aggressive at this time of year waiting for the eggs to hatch to the point where if humans walk by, the bird will attack humans. And I saw like, somebody comment that, like, the bird, like, it bopped the back of a woman's head and then it stole a guy's hat and then paraded it around oh. the river a few times. Like, they're fucking with the humans. They're letting the humans know. But, but it's because they're being defensive because yeah. the other birds fuck with them. It's a whole animal kingdom going on right there. Right. It's interesting. I mean, nature's still there, dog. That's nature doesn't. That's the one truth of the universe is like nature and math. I guess there's two of them. Those ones you can't fuck with. They just exist. Right. They're the rules. Like, um, I just uh, saw a thing about geometry and how geometry. Like, I guess geometry would be math, and I guess nature kind of you could classify as math. But it's like those things. Like, you can't say they're not real, dog. You just can't. Like, if you go in the woods and a bear fucks you up, that shit's real. You just can't. Say no. That that's a little bit uh it's a little bit of that intuition, not being in sync. Yeah, I would never go in the woods by myself. I don't I do not have the knowledge. Couldn't do it. I could not be uh could not be a uh super tramp. Alexander Super Tramp, that's his name, if you're familiar with the folk. Couldn't be that guy. I'll, I wish I could. You you're good at camping? You ever go camping like that? You think you could survive in the wilderness like uh like who's that guy that drank his own pee? You know what I'm talking about? The guy went in the wilderness. Oh, you're talking about the guy in the bus? Maybe. But anyway, the, the bus. Somebody drinking their own pee on a bus? I don't know. I don't know. I would never, I, 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 could, I would drink my own pee if it's been a few days and I was in the wilderness by myself and I had nothing else. I'm not going to say I would never drink my own pee. But still, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be there in that situation. Shout out Better Call Saul, if y'all know what I'm talking about. If they were a fan of the show. There's, so there's a pee drinking situation in that show. Oh, yeah, I'd heard something about that. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> That's an obscure thing for you to know. If you haven't seen the damn show, dude. No, no. You know somebody drank show. pee? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what are you saying about drinking pee? No, I'd heard something about, uh, it probably connects to that show. Okay. I've never seen Bear Call Saw. Like, I've never seen an episode of it, but I'm aware that it's kind of, uh, it kind of goes with, uh, Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Right? And I had heard, I had heard from somebody that they had watched this like stand-up comedy of somebody talking about drinking their piss because <laughs> they 
they were like using meth and I guess like drinking the piss gets you high or something. I see. So maybe it was the meth. That's the connection. Because meth is breaking bad. Drinking your piss because meth gets you high. I bet somebody would do that. But what happens? I bet somebody's doing that right now. What? It better not be me. <laughs> it could be. It could be somebody watching this. They were listening to this podcast going, what the fuck? And whom's pee? Yeah, who's better be yours. If you're ever drinking pee, I hope it's yours. I mean, let me just say that. Well, there's fetishes. But how? How could you want that? Uh, shout out our Kelly. Am I drinking piss? No. No, if, if it were, that were piss, that'd be some clear piss. I'd be concerned if somebody was pissing that clear. That'd actually be impressive. I mean, you'd have to drink so much water. You'd have to be trying to pass a drug test for you to be pissing that clear. Have you ever drank? I, I did that one time when I was younger. I drank so much water that I felt bloated, and I, had, I thought I was going to fail a drug test. And I did pass a drug test, but I drank so much water that week. I didn't know you could die from that. That is actually a way you can die of drinking too much water. Drowning yourself. Yeah, but shout out me at 15, I think. I should write a song about that. <laughs> That's something I don't think most people get to experience is overdosing on water. It's not a good feeling. It makes you feel like it's the first time in my life I think I ever felt fat because I've been a skinny boy my whole life. But, oh, my God, like it was you – never, you never had that much water in your stomach before. Trust me, people. It ain't right. That was also shout out Breaking Bad because I actually associate it with that. What happens? <laughs> That's when I first discovered that show. But go ahead. Oh, uh, what happened with what? The the uh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul? Uh, just with the show in general? Like with the drinking piss thing. <laughs> oh, uh, it was because they're, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's, a, there's an episode that involves people being in a desert and they're stranded out there and they end up having to drink piss. So it's just part of the plot. Like he's at first he's saying, I don't want to drink the piss. And then he runs out of water and he realizes he's going to have to drink the piss. And at the very end of the episode, he drinks the piss. So it's kind of like symbolism for him conquering his, (laughs) in a very weird way. They use it as like a way to tell the story of him overcoming. (laughs) I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, he drinks piss. He He definitely drinks piss. It's a good show, man. I'm telling you, you'd get it if you you'd get it if you saw the show. If there's any show I'd recommend to people, it's definitely Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Are there any shows that you've ever really gotten into? Are you a show guy? I don't really. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, that and it kind of I don't know. I hate to get into a really good show and then get distracted in whatever I'm doing yeah. in life. And stray away from the show and then come back and then you have to catch up and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all wrong. You can't just jump back into it. Yeah. Man. That's why the best way to experience shows is when they're actually airing live and all that. Like, I don't like the way that streaming shit is now. And like, it was cooler back in the day when you had to be around when shit came out. Now yeah. everybody's just kind of like they'll get into things five years later. It's just they'll binge it all in one weekend. Like you can't properly experience the shit. Like yeah. the shit's cool when you got to tune in at the right time. And yeah, man. Like I, one thing that someone told me, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about buying albums and how it was so cool to buy an album and take it home and just listen to it. And you don't get to experience that anymore. You just yeah. see something drop on a streaming service. 
Like, you would listen to a whole album all the way through back in the day. You'd be like, fuck yeah, like, Fall Out Boy's dropping a brand new album. I'm gonna listen to that shit front to back, in my car, on the way home, right after I buy it. That shit ain't around no more. It don't happen. Now it's just like, Homeboy dropped a mixtape on Spotify, and he's trying to get everybody to go give it some streams. It's completely different. But Spotify's that shit, man. I like it. It's it's pretty much like, I mean, it's the same thing. I just wish they paid you more. Yeah. Cause it's the same thing. I just wish they paid people more. Cause it, they definitely made more money back in the day off the albums. That's why it drives me nuts. But in the sense that it's a great opportunity, it's the shit. Like the fact that we can even put our music out like that is pretty cool. I do yeah, agree definitely. there. I mean, I guess, I guess that's a pretty good podcast. I think right. That's a pretty yeah, good spot. Man. I think we talked about some good stuff. We got your whole book thing laid out. I really like that. Cause I mean, that's a piece of history that. I am glad to staple into Ruse Radio because I'm gonna read this book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna shout you out. We could even, <laughs> if you want to sponsor the podcast, we could sell some books <laughs> on here. I'll say the critically acclaimed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'm just happy you brought it up. It's fun. Uh, it was good stuff. You uh, it was a great conversation, and uh, I'm glad to. Uh, I feel like I learned a thing or two deep inside of this conversation. You got anything you want to give to the people so they can learn a thing or two, one they can take something with them. Hmm. It's up to you. You can give them nothing. You can leave them. You could. You, that's nice for uh, tension. You know, like what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? And then just leave them dry-handed. Is that what you call it? Empty-handed. Make them sad. Make them cry. I like to do that sometimes. Just give them nothing at all. I would. I would like to say, fuck. I don't. Know. You got it. You, there's something deep in there's some. There's some inspiration in you. What? What's the? If there was a little five-year-old boy. And he just won his first baseball game, and he's up there looking at you right now, and you're the first person to talk to him and give him advice. What would you say? To, to the five-year-old boy that won his first baseball game? Yes. I would say you're doing a great job. I think you gave it all you got, and it was fucking this shit. I wouldn't say that to a five-year-old, but I would probably... Yeah, something along those lines, you know. I think that's Probably. it. That's I think that's an inspirational message right there. I think you just did it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would say. You were the shit, five-year-old. You're the fucking shit, dog. You just won the shit out of that fucking baseball game, you badass motherfucker. That's Hell what yeah, five-year-old. Hell yeah, motherfucker. You're the dopest motherfucking five-year-old I goddamn ever seen in my goddamn motherfucking life, bitch. I would definitely go hard on the profanity. Just because I want him to know that he's independent and he can say whatever he wants. That's, that's just me, though. I would probably tell him that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And your successes are only, they're, uh, that's all on you. If you want to call it a success, a failure, as long as you complete what you came to do, it's a success. Boom. All right. And with all that being said, thank you for being here. Thank you guys for watching. If you stuck around through this whole thing, you're awesome. We appreciate you. You are amazing, and you are a proud member of the Coop Troop. You are my chickens. You are my roosters. We love you around here. Thank you so much, everybody. Who's Radio clocking out.